Oh, hey, welcome back to the Joyful Life with KJ podcast with Bonnie Clap. I'm still doing it wrong. Bonnie Clap. Ta-da! It's me. Yay. It's me. Hi. She's the problem. It's her. For real, right? Bonnie's the problem. Not KJ. She's not the troublemaker in this relationship. Bonnie is. No, not at all. (laughs) How you doing, Bonnie? How's it going for you today? I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. It's Friday. Friday. You're right. You're right. It is Friday. It's been an exhausting week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let's try that again. Socially acceptable answer. I'm good. How are you? I'm so lovely. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we can get that crap out of the way. All right. Go. How's it really good? Real talk. So we're going to talk a little bit today, Miss Bonnie and I, about, I guess it's Mrs. Bonnie and I, we're going to talk a little bit, that sounds weird, we're going to talk a little bit about supporting one another. Um, This week, we're going to talk about supporting one another in our daily lives, not just, we're not just talking about our health journey today, we'll talk about that later, That that's, we'll talk about that another day, but for today, we're going to talk about women supporting women, and that doesn't mean That's not to say women not supporting men or children. We're just specifically talking today about women supporting women. Men can figure it out for today. We'll we'll let them figure it out on their own for today. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So women supporting women. I've had, I've always made friends kind of easy, but I've never made friends easy. There's a big difference between friends and friends. My husband would say acquaintances versus friends. I would say friends because I'm just, if I know somebody and I can chat and get along with them, they're a friend. They're a friend. My husband's definition is um, somebody who, you know, you would jump in front of a bullet for. That's his definition of friend. The extreme. Like you have to be, like I just took that to a dark place. You have to be like willing to do anything at any time for that person to be for you to really be a friend where I've always used the word friend to just be somebody that I know that I can chat with that maybe I might message once in a while on Facebook I comment on their kids cute pictures and oh look they have a fluffy dog yay cute puppy friends and I think for me Um, a lot of that definition came along with social media you friend people so oh they're a friend of mine but are they truly a friend? What does it mean to take on that role of being a friend and a helper to other women in your life? It is a role that I continue to learn because I'm going to say it out loud. I'm a selfish person. Did you know that, Bonnie Clap? No. I am. Other than I'm the le- refusal to see the light on squash, I mean. I legit am a selfish person. I always have been. Selfish for my time selfish for just selfish not in a like horrible she's a rotten individual nobody wants to talk to that girl way but in a way like when I okay I'm going to a baby shower later today what was my first thought my first thought was what could I bring that everybody would would enjoy my first thought was what can I bring that I can eat because KJ ain't going to a baby shower without no food well I mean that makes sense when you eat really weird so you kind of do have to consider that (laughs) And that's okay. And set, see, I don't see that as selfish. I see that as 
what can I provide for myself so I don't put out the host expecting them to accommodate just me? Well, that's a good spin to it. I but like don't, that. Let, don't use it as an excuse. If you recognize you're selfish, then take that before the Lord by all means. <laughs> you know, when I say selfish, and I don't even know that I'm using the word correctly. I'm, I don't always think about what I can do for others first. It is a constant thing in my life that I work on. When I see a need, I try to be very intentional now about fulfilling it. If it's an, if it's a need that I physically, monetarily, whatever that need is, emotionally, that I can fill, I want to do that. But it's not nat necessarily natural. It's not that I don't want to do that for other women in my life. It's not my first instinct to think, oh, she sounds like she's having a rough day. I should send her some groceries from Instacart. Or I should offer to come scrub her toilet. Or like I should offer to do something. That's not my first instinct. But the Lord has been teaching me through this community of women that have come together through the joyful life thing, whatever it is, the thing, the movement. <laughs> That's a little bold to call it a movement. <laughs> I'm going to turn it into movement. <laughs> it's, it's a big thing. Okay. The Lord has been teaching me to body doesn't want to be any part of that movement. She's like, get me out. Oh my goodness. The Lord has been teaching me through this, the importance of supporting one another and the importance of being a helper to other people because that is such an amazing way to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to be Jesus in somebody's day when they might not otherwise see kindness. It's taught me this community has taught me a lot about, especially the community on Marco Polo. We have a, a lot of communities in my group coaching. And so there's a lot of women talking on a daily basis. And when you sit and listen to the needs of other women and the heartbreak and the struggles and the pain and the difficulties in other people's lives, the Lord has been teaching me through that, that my first instinct should be, what can I do? What can I do to make it easier on them? What can I do to help them along their way? And that goes for sisters in Christ and those who are not believers, being the hands and feet of Jesus to my brothers and sisters as well. So Bonnie is also very good at being that stand-in, that person in in the middle when somebody is really struggling and having a difficult time. And so I've watched you, Bonnie, take care of others in your life when there's major difficulty and struggles. And it's not always the easiest thing, is it? Because the first thing we think of is sometimes the first thing we think of is how am I going to how am I going to take on one more thing. I have my own family. I have my own stressors. I have my own things happening. But how stepping in and being the hands and feet when somebody in your life needed it, 
tell me a little bit about how that not only blesses them, but blesses you. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm not a saint. And <laughs> I come by. We this- know that. I come by it honestly. Um, it was one of the lessons that walking through Joel's cancer taught me because I tend to be, as most people are, very self-sufficient, very kept to myself, quite introverted. I can solve my own problems. I can I can rely on my own. I don't need to put other people out. But walking through a season like that where you literally have nothing left in your tank and you have zero choice but to let other people come in and do for you and to be the hands and feet and to be the people who say here's a meal to feed your kids tonight and to come home to a clean house after a week of chemo treatment like it was just modeled for me through those six months just people just pouring in and pouring on me and on me and it broke me i realized i literally cannot be an island in this life. I can't. There's no way I can possibly uphold everything and do it all. And it humbled me to realize that because I'm a member of the body of Christ, I'm not supposed to do it all on my own. That's literally why he says, you know, that I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Because we're all there created with special, special, different, unique gifts and, and different, unique roles within the body of Christ to come together in order to function. And some days that looks like the bottom dropped out on me and someone comes in and helps my life work. And other days I feel like, okay, now I'm in a place where I can go in when someone else's bottom drops out on them and I can help their life function. And it's not that, oh, I do it because I'm Pollyanna and I'm so awesome. (laughs) Do it because I know what it is to be in that place of desperation and to just let go and just say, Jesus, I I cannot handle one more ounce of this piled upon me. And he goes, okay, let me give you my grace. And grace looks like people and hands and feet and tasks and gifts and help and childcare and meals and all the practical things that fall by the wayside in life when everything just stops. I just sit my butt in a chair for like a month straight back in February to heal from a hernia surgery. I got home from the hospital. I got a gorgeous bouquet of flowers from that lady (laughs) and I put it in my room and I looked at that. And every time that I looked at it on my miserable way from the recliner to the bathroom to go potty and come back and sit back down, those flowers were across the room in front of me. And they said to me, Jesus cares and he's provided a community for you. And then the doorbell started ringing and people from church started showing up and feeding my family because I couldn't stand at the stove. Jesus cares. He's provided for you. So when I'm in a place where I am physically healthy enough and financially able enough, I can go, okay, what am I doing? How can I help this person over here? Well, this event happened in their life. How can we surround them? And it's the give and take and the ebb and flow, the back and forth of being part of a body that's committed to each other. And that's part of why we have hope in this life, because we're a part of the body of Christ. And one of the verses that I think about that my friend talked to me about not too long ago was 
we comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received. And I can remember being at some of my lowest points when Joel was going through cancer. And some of the most dramatic things that impacted me was I had a couple of women. One of them was a mom whose son survived cancer as well. And all she did was come and sit with me. We didn't have to talk. We didn't make, how are you? I'm great. How's the weather? She literally just came and sat with me. And it's just the presence of others in your life when you just can't do it. And when you're on the flip side of that and you're able to pour into somebody else's life, it's not that, oh, I've earned my brownie points now. Yay. It's I can comfort someone else because I understand what it's like to be in that place of desperation and I can pour that comfort onto them because I know what it's like to receive that comfort when everything else is just falling apart. So my eyes are open more so to see those situations because I've been that situation. And I remember how deeply that filled me and how much it humbled me and how much it showed me the love of Christ to be poured into like that in some of the lowest points of my life. So anytime I can do that, I'm going to do it. Now, does that mean that I put myself out and everybody gets everything and I have nothing left for my husband and children? No, because a mom and a wife and a woman's primary ministry is her home. Whatever that looks like for you has zero to do with whether you work or not. It has everything to do with if you have a home and you have people that live in it. Those are your first ministry. Those are the first people you express Jesus to. Those are the first people that you're humble with. Those are the first people that you pray for. All the things. You don't let that go. You don't neglect that to, I'm doing good works over here, so go figure it out yourself. No, no. You pour into them first. And when God gives you opportunity and shows you a way that you can also surround others and then even teach your children the lessons of, hey, let's have so-and-so's kids over tonight because the parents are dealing with something difficult. Let's have them come over and swim. We'll feed them hamburgers and they'll have a fun time. And then we can deliver the kids back in a couple of hours. You can learn how to care for kids who are a couple years younger than you and how to be a good big sister, big brother to them. And we're giving those parents respite. That's no skin off of my kids' backs. They were going to swim in the pool anyways. Why not show them this is what it looks like practically to be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you can give and you have it to share, go ahead and give and have it to share. Because we don't get to take any of it with us anyways. Why not? Yeah. Why not yeah. be, a, be an example of Christ in front of your kids? Include them in it. And you don't sit back there and go, now look how holy we are. We can put a check right. in the list in heaven. Blah, blah. No, Christ sacrificed all for us. It's nothing for us to say, come on over and swim in the pool for two hours. It's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. But for that mom who's losing her mind with a couple of young kids and she just can't get a moment to herself and she needs a hot shower, it's everything to her in that yeah. moment. Make it happen. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We so often, I think we so often think of supporting each other has to look like giving financially. And that's not always, I think we, we default to that, you know, and more often than not, that is, there's nothing wrong with giving financially, but there's, 
more often than not, that's the last thing needed. A lot of time, depending on the situation, a lot of times all that's needed is time. And I love what you said about your friend just coming and sitting with you out of all of the support and help and all of it's valuable and wonderful. But I bet out of everything that you experienced from other people loving on you financially, physically, bringing you stuff, you know, all of that stuff, I bet that that was one of the most meaningful because truly all you needed is somebody that understood to just, just sit there and just understand with you, you know, and take some of the weight off when somebody else has been through that same pain. And it's peaceful to understand that other people know your heart, know what you're going through. Four years later, it still makes me cry when I think about it. Yeah, it's, it's deeply impacted. When we stop the rat race and we allow ourselves to say, we're both human beings with a lot of broken, hurt places, and you're going through it right now, but somebody sees you and they care, that's a profound impact for somebody. Yeah. yeah. That's the connections that we need. In the middle of being distracted by 5,001 other things we could be doing, community is really what it's about. It is. It is. And we'll definitely talk about our specific community. Maybe in our next podcast, we'll talk about our specific community and the impact it has on us and how we use it. But one thing that our community has done, if you have formed a community of friends, one thing that we've done as friends, when somebody's gone through a hardship um, in our specific community is a couple of different things. We have a a blanket that we love to give that certain people who have gone through difficulties have this blanket and it has all of our names on it. And it's like a big hug um, from that person. But another thing too, is when there's been difficulties in somebody's life or celebrating a baby or whatever, we all kind of just pool our resources because that whole statement of what is it? Like many hands make light work or something. We all pull a little bit and seriously bless each other. Like that has been such, so much impact from that for the ladies who have experienced that in, in our small community. And so, you know, being there for one another, however you can, God has gifted us all with different abilities. Some of us have the, like, if you told me today that four kids were going to come over and stay at my house so I could give their mom a break, I would die. (laughs) I'd say, what? Here's $100. (laughs) Find them a babysitter. (laughs) I am totally like, we all have our own strengths, right? Like I, I, your children might not survive their time at my house. I'm, it's not my strength. No, I'm just kidding. But I would put them in front of a television and throw popcorn at them and then be like, enjoy. You send me the money to feed them and I'll watch them. And yeah. And See? Both are equally valid as gifts. Right, right. We all have been blessed with different ways to bless others, but I believe fully that every single one of us has been blessed with a way to reach others, whether that is emotionally, financially, time-wise, we all have something we can do to support the women in our life. And that doesn't just have to be our close besties. That can be the neighbor that we see is really struggling the, you know, they can't get their lawn mowed because they're going through a tough time in life and we go over and mow their lawn. There's so many practical ways to support one one another. And I truly, truly believe that 
as much blessing as that gives another person, the blessing that you receive when you do that for somebody else is tenfold. It's the mental health piece of it alone, but God heaps blessings upon you. I mean, the, the just the gift of being able to give to somebody in by whatever means is such it's wonderful. It really is. And it, it's a hard lesson, I think, too, to teach kids. Like, it's something that I constantly work on with my own child. Like, okay, this is why giving is important. Let's donate this. Let This is why we need to do that. Um, and, you know, she's the one, for a long time, she'd be like, I don't want to give away my toys. They're my toys. But now, but what she wants to do she wants to go pick off the angel tree, the kid that wants the Xbox. Like (laughs) that's her first thought. I have, she's a financial giver. That's my kid. Every kid has their own strength. That's, that's hers. When she sees somebody in need, the first thing she wants to do is buy them something, provide them some money. She's like, how much is in my um, allowance? How much do I have in my debit card? Can I afford to help this person? Can I don't? Everywhere we go in there, there'll be a fundraiser. She's like, I want to give. How do I give? How do I do it? That's Marin's strength. She's a, I think it's one of her love languages is gifts. Yeah. Giving gifts. Yeah. You know, so. All right. I can cool. easily see if she decides to grow up and pursue becoming a baby doctor, I could easily see her saying, well, I have enough to go towards the building fund for that church. So I'm just going to honestly give that. And then people are going to the house of God each week because Marin's heart is such that she says, I have, I will give. Yeah. God definitely places different types of gifting into different people for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Once upon a time, my gift was cooking for other people. And then I got a golden retriever. And Now nobody wants my casserole because there will be, I have to give my casserole and be like, you might see a dog hair. I, I, it's a garnish of love. It's, it's Bassy's special touch. Right. If it bothers you, well, my, just don't tell me it happened. Cause I'll be horrified. So. <laughs> oh my All right, my friend, good convo. We'll come back next week. We'll talk more about, um, Bonnie and KJ's tribe. That's not what it's called. We'll tell you more about it next week. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.